nation. No more struggle. No more challenges. No more battle. Because there comes a time where you need to rest from your battle. And God said after today, you shall rest from your battle. The battle of your marriage. The battle of your business. The battle of your finances. The battle of your sickness. The battle of your shame. The battle of your disgrace. The battle of your setback. The battle of the pains you don't want to forget. God said you will rest from your battle. And now, today's message with God's servant, Reverend Ismaila Awudu, Head Pastor ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Dagon. Tonight, I will share certain kingdom truths. Open your Bibles with me to the book of Luke chapter number 7. I'm reading from the verse number 1 to the verse number 10. It's about the story of the centurion servant, Jesus healing a centurion servant. This was a Roman captain who was taking care of the Roman army but find himself in Jerusalem and his servant was sick and he called for Christ to come to help heal him. And I want us to examine the scripture in the light of what I've entitled tonight to share on kingdom mindset or kingdom culture. He said, now when he concluded all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum and a certain centurion servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. So when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servants. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly saying that the one for whom he should do this was deserving. If you have the Bible, you can align the verse 4, or highlight it, he said, and when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly saying that the one for whom he should do this was deserving. For he loves our nation. You can learn that one too. For he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. You can take note of that as well. Then Jesus went with them and when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Therefore, I did not even think well, myself worthy to come to you, but say the word and my servant will be healed. You can also highlight that one or underline the word, but say the word and my servant will be healed. And A says, I said, for I also am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And those who were sent, returning to the house, found the servant well, who had been sick. Amen. I said I'm going to speak to you tonight on the message of title, Kingdom Mindset or Kingdom Culture. When we talk of mindset, mindset is the way you process information or you think. The, the mindset of a man 
influences his actions and what he does. Because what you know of and what, and what you know of determines what you do. So your mindset and my mindset is based on certain experience and what we have learned or what we have encountered. So you realize that somebody will decide to sleep laid back and wake up very early in the morning because over a period he's trained himself that way so you have that mindset of rising early somebody will rise up late but whichever way the person has something that controls him or her to behave the way he's behaving all of us are at where we are now depend upon certain mindset that we have and we can be where we want to go depend upon what mindset we are going to take amen jesus comes and says that i came in the volume of the books to fulfill your will O lord that means that all his mindset is that he's coming to fulfill God's will. So he has conditioned himself for that. Nothing else was engaging his attention. His desire, his thoughts, his feelings, his actions, all is to fulfill the will of his father. He said, what I see my father do, that is what I do. The night comes where no man can work. So everything that he was doing was centered around that mindset of the fact that he wants to please the father. He entered after he has been tested by the devil in the wilderness in Luke chapter 4's account and everything, he went into the synagogue and took the scriptures and opened to the book of Isaiah and said that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the broken hearted, to open the eyes of the blind and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. The Bible said he closed the book and sat down and all eyes were fixed on me. He said, today, scriptures have been fulfilled in your ears. If you watch the life of Jesus and all that he did, he fulfilled that very thing he read. That was his manifesto. So it, con- it controls his behavior and his attitude. That was his mindset. And nothing could persuade him or take him out. When you look at Paul the Apostle, Paul the Apostle with everything and his salvation after his encounter on the way of when he was going to persecute the church in Acts chapter 9, when he got up and Ananias prayed for him and everything, he took a different mindset. In Galatians, he says that he did not confer with flesh and blood after he has encountered the Lord. His attitude and behavior changed. His projections, his mindset, everything he was doing was different. When he got to before King Agrippa in the book of Acts, you know what he said? He said, when King Agrippa was telling me to plead or to do, he said, no, I'm not careful to plead for anything because I know I have an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ on the way of Damascus when I was going to persecute the church. He said, nobody taught me this, but this is what I experienced. I took letters to go and persecute but now when I encountered the Lord, I know that the Lord lives and the one that they crucified is the one that we should preach. And he spoke and King Agrippa said, no, you are about to convince me to become saved. Because the guy has a mindset. He has set his face like a flint and nothing can trouble him. Because he knows where he was going. Your mindset will determine your conviction of life and your persuasions of life. It's very, very important. How you've conditioned your mind and yourself. In the book of Romans 8, after he has said, he said when, when we are saved, he went on to say that in from the verse 1 going, he went on to explain to us when he was explaining the position of the believer as far as salvation and opportunity of salvation is concerned. He says that if any man be in Christ, he said when we have been saved, we have been saved and we no more have been judged by flesh and blood because salvation has free us from it. So therefore there is no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. So in other words, we no more walk by condemnation. Not because we are not condemned, but because we have been saved from condemnation. And he says that we are not being judged. And he went on further to let us know that by that virtue, we are not controlled 
by anything because there are two principal laws that governs and controls your life. That is the law of death and the law of life. And he says that when we are being saved, we now have the law of life. And he went further to let us know that from the verse 26 going, he makes it clear to us to let us know that even when it is difficult for us to know what, we don't even know how to pray. We have an advocate. We have the Holy Spirit that helps us to pray according to the will of the Father. So it means that my mindset is that there is nothing like praying amiss or struggling to pray or to tell pastor, I don't know how to pray because the mindset or the information is that it is there for me to pray and if I don't know how to do it, the Holy Spirit tells me. And he went on further to say that I am persuaded. In other words, I am convinced beyond every reasonable doubt that neither death nor height nor principalities nor anything shall separate me from the love of God which means that my mind is made up that it doesn't matter what I will go through in life it will not stop me from believing in Christ as my Lord and personal Savior so there is something we need to understand about the kingdom anytime you talk of the kingdom you are talking about two keywords you are talking about the king and you are talking about the domain now the king here exhibits rulership or authority and every king has subjects. So Jesus is our king and we are his subjects. Bible says that to whom you submit your members to obey, to him you become slaves unto. So when we get saved, our members, or which is our body and everything, was submitted unto the king's authority and influence. We are born servants of Christ. That's what the Bible says. And we, so we have the seal of the Holy Spirit upon us, which is the mark of identification that we belong to the king. In those days, when a slave is getting, they put a hot iron into the fire, and the slave master's name is on the metal. So they impress it upon your skin. Are you understanding me? And they take it off. When they take it off, you cry, but the mark stays there. So anywhere you go, they will know that you belong to Dr. Isaac, are you understanding me? And you, that means your desire, your taste, your everything belongs to him. He controls you. And so when the Bible says that we have the seal or the mark of the Holy Spirit upon us, it means that there is the hot iron, which is our God's iron of a mark that he has placed upon our skin. That you can never erase it. It is printed in our body. Wherever we stand, the devil even knows who we belong and whose we are. So turn to somebody and tell us there's a mark of Christ on you. Tell the person there's a mark of identity upon your life. Have you ever wondered going somewhere where you do not even want to disclose your identity whether you are a Christian? You are among unbelievers. And you are just pretending to be like them. And then somebody just asks, ah, are you a believer? You say, what do you, why do you ask me? Have you ever experienced that question? You open your mouth and you want to talk. And when you talk, you said, ah, are you an intercessor? Are you a pastor? Do you sing in church? Is that a bad? I have not sung. He said, no. Your voice. There is something about you that makes us... Have you ever experienced that before? So you may try to pretend. But because of the mark on you, you can't pretend. Because we are owned by the king. And once we are owned by the king, we have the desires of the king. And so he has given us the power of attorney. So he said, in my name, Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. 
which means that we have a blank check in the kingdom. We write in anything we want to write. Are you getting what I'm saying? It is a mindset we should have that wherever we stand, we are in charge. So many years ago, I watched an American movie by Eddie Murphy coming to America. I don't know where many of you are going. You know how he did it? He disguised himself just to walk around freely as an ordinary citizen, an ordinary person. But anywhere he passed, people were able to identify that he's a kid. And they were even on the streets. That means that you can never hide because you belong to the kid. So turn to somebody and tell the person you can never be intimidated because you belong to the king. Tell the person royalty is upon you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord. So there is a culture. Culture is the way of life of people, of a group of people. So there is a way of life that we live in the kingdom. How we behave, how we talk, how we dress, how we speak, how we relate to one another. It all forms our culture. And that is how the kingdom is. So anybody in the kingdom should have this understanding and have this relationship or this flow. And you can find that in the scripture I just read in Luke chapter 7 from verse number 1. The first thing is that the man, the centurion, realized that a servant was sick. And this servant, he loved dearly. So he recognized that, no, there is somebody that can help me to deal with it. Can you imagine? It was his servant though. In those, the servant don't have a voice. But the man loved the servant so much that he doesn't want the servant to die. And was going to look for help for the servant. It is an attitude of the kingdom. Where there is no discrimination between the king and the, and the servants. Am I talking to somebody here? There is discrimination. It is the place where the servant and the master comes together to fellowship. To dance together. To shake hands together. That is the only place where the servant and the master can sit together. That is why when Onesimus got saved, Paul wrote to the, to the boss. He said, Onesimus was your servant. Now he ran away, but now I'm sending him to you as your fellow brother. It's no more the servant you bought. He's now a free citizen. Am I talking to somebody here? It is the only place where the rich and the poor fellowships and comes together as one people. In the book of Acts, chapter 4, chapter 5, when you read it, it said, and everyone that have sold whatever they have and they brought it to the apostles' feet that whoever lacked, they will share together. So the brethren were together as one. And he said there was none that lacked. It's a kingdom mindset of sharing among ourselves. Of not leaving any to be weak but lifting up the weak and strengthening them. 
So that there will not be a weak link anyway. That is why Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5 were killed. They were not killed because the land does not belong to them. They were not killed because the money doesn't belong to them. They were killed because they didn't have the understanding of kingdom mindset. So Peter had, he said, when you have not sold the land, doesn't the land belong to you? Who forced you to bring the money? Nobody forced you. Why will you lie to the Holy Spirit? Because the kingdom culture is that what you have is your brother's own. What your brother has is your own. Don't look at your brother and say your dress is not nice when you have not provided a dress for your brother. Don't look at your brother's dress and say your brother is not nice when you have not provided him a dress or hair. Because kingdom culture says that your nakedness is my nakedness. Jesus said, when I was sick, you did not visit me. When I was angry, you did not bring me food to eat. When I was in prison, you were not there. And he says, oh my Lord, we are with you all this while. When did you get sick that we did not visit? When were you poor that we did not come to clothe you? When were you looking for food that we did not bring you food? And he said, as long as you do it to one another, you do it for me, your father. You don't need to see God before you bless him. There is God sitting by you right now. Have you blessed him? When was the last time you went on your own way to visit a brother or to pray with a person? When was the last time you brought a soul to the house of God? To say that I have gone out of my way. I don't belong to the evangelism team. But it is my calling that I will also win somebody to church. Anytime we lose anyone in church, it's not a pastor, it's our congregation. Anytime we lose a member from church, it's not a pastor, it's the congregation. Because kingdom culture said, go ye into the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. It didn't say, go ye pastors. That means all of us. When did you go? When was the last time you went? If you are in church and you don't have a disciple, somebody you are discipling, then you are not yet born again. If you are in church and you don't have a disciple, somebody you are discipling to grow up into the things of God, then you are not yet born again. In heaven, our crown is our works. It's not our dressing. Who can say that through you, my life is better? That if it has not been for you, I would have died a sinner. But I'm saved. I am here preaching to you. If somebody has no witness to me, I wouldn't be here. If somebody has no witness to your pastor, I wouldn't have been here. 
If somebody has not prayed for you sitting here now, you wouldn't have been saved. But the question is that when was the last time you prayed for somebody to be saved? Man of God, I, my heart bleeds for the kingdom because you see, the kingdom has become a kingdom of talkers without works. Talkers without works. We are quick to condemn than quick to restore and to save. The world is bleeding because there are no people to help the world come back to the Lord. Because we have become self-centered. We think of only ourselves. Without minding the next person. You insult your neighbor. Your neighbor trouble is this. The question is that if your neighbor gets saved, he will think like a kingdom person. He will not behave the way he wanted to. So if we say this world is supposed to be better, God is not looking for angels to come and make it better. God is looking for the church to make it better. Because he said we are the salt of the earth. So the failure of the world is not God. The failure of the world is the church. Is the church. Believers, are you in the house? So how does the kingdom mindset or culture works? In this scripture I just said in Luke chapter 7 from verse 1. How does it work? The first thing that you should have as a kingdom person is more. I, mean, I can preach on this series for about uh, one month plus. But let me share with you an aspect. The first thing you should realize from this scripture I've read is the respect and recognizing the anointing. Respect and recognizing the anointing. In Luke chapter 7 verse 2 and 3 he said, And a certain situation servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. Ready to die. So when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. He realized he was in centurion. He was not born again. Don't take, you have to understand that. He was a Roman soldier. He was not a Jew. Hello? But he recognized do you know that even unbelievers recognize the anointing of our lives than even our believers? Unbelievers have higher respect for the church and for the pastor than even believers have respect for the church. Because you see, we have become so close to the throne that we have made it common. An unbeliever can meet the pastor and say, oh, Man of God, and, and a believer will look at the man of God and say, oh. We kill our own instead of protecting our own. An unbeliever can defend a pastor, and a believer rather We say, Oh, you don't know. If you know, you will not say what you are saying. This man who was not a believer recognized that there is an anointing upon. Jesus. And he respected that anointing. And he knew that that anointing can heal his servant who was dying. And yet you can even be in a church. And you have a challenge. And you will not even believe your pastor's anointing can do it. You will move away to go and look for another person to pray for you. 
I don't know about here, but in Ghana and elsewhere, people can still be in church where they are still consulting juju. Consulting medicine men. If you don't trust in the power of the church and his servant, then why would you stay at the shrine? So why will you be in the same place of power and still consult other spirits? And have certain things around your waist. Thank you very much for listening. This is a message from ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Ligon. We know you've been blessed by God's word. For more quality and practical teachings of Reverend Ismaila Abudu, visit us online at www.icgceastagon.com or email to yahwehtempleicgc at gmail.com or call us on 057-2260-434 or 057-2260-435. You can also worship with us on Sundays from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. On Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. for our empowerment teaching service and Fridays at 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. for our breakthrough prayer service. You can also connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. God bless you. And my Lord